Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. The kids shuffle as a third of our congregation walks out of the doors. <laughs> it's great to see. I almost feel like I'm missing out on something. Maybe we should all go back there. So. Well, uh, this morning I'm, I'm blessed to uh, introduce somebody who has meant a lot to me, who's uh, spoken into my life. I, I don't know if you know this, but pastors have pastors too. And uh, Bob Chin has been that for me. Uh, in a, uh, shortly after we moved here four years ago, um, I met Bob, and he came recommended as a, as a pastor to pastors. And so Bob and I have been meeting pretty regularly for over three years. Uh, and he has, he has spoken into my life. He's asked me tough questions. Uh, he's he's uh, pointed me to, to truth and to his own, the wisdom that God's given him in his ministry. And so I asked Bob uh, to speak this morning, to share with us from God's word. So would you welcome Bob Chin this morning as he comes up to, to share the word. Bob and I have roots in Northern California, but we have disagreements on football teams. <laughs> but we still love each other. <laughs> so I'm going to pray for Bob this morning. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, for your calling. And I, I've seen that so clearly on this man's life. And he has been a blessing to me. And so, Lord, I pray this morning as he gives out, as he pours out to our congregation through your word, the, procl- the proclamation of your word, and that you would pour into him, that we would hear your truth this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. How are you all doing? Okay, Okay, right? We all, um, through this year uh, and a half in the pandemic, uh, we've gone through some stuff and we wonder sometimes what it all means. But, and then yesterday we remembered 9-11. I don't know where you were. I know where I was. I just come home from working out at the gym, five in the morning, and then come back to shower. And my daughter calls and says, do you see this, Dad? I said, what? Turn on the TV. So I turned on the TV. I didn't see the first plane go into the first tower, but I saw the second plane go into the second tower. I had an executive pastor because they put a whole band on flying. And so he was stuck in Boston. He was stuck in Boston for like a week. And so um, thankful that uh, he was able to come uh, back because I needed him. We talk about pastors needing pastors. He's my executive pastor, but he's my pastor. And so uh, we all need that. We all need that in our lives. We need somebody that can speak wisdom. You know, somebody says, man, you're wise. I said, no, I just had a lot of experience and that the Lord has shown me. So I would like for you to turn, open your Bibles to page 890 in the Pew Bible. All right. And if you don't have a Bible, like it's been said, take it home. We want you to have a Bible. Because in that, you have life. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and 24, 
And like we've been doing in the past, I would like for you to go over it. And you're going to be able to go over it and over it and over it. I want you to go over it until it truly starts to penetrate into your own heart. So Luke 9, 23 and 24, I'll give you a few minutes to go over and over and over. Maybe you can memorize it as we're going over it. <laughs> Father, you've asked us follow your son you've asked us to keep our eyes on him and this morning may we keep our eyes on him through this word and that we might truly be followers in Jesus name amen, amen. How many of you have ever seen Gladiator? Oh, I need to make a disclaimer here. Anybody have ever gone through men's fraternity? Good, this is a blank slate. But this is, it's a three-year program for men, but this is year two, lesson one. I called Robert Lewis, who is the author of the program, and I said, bro, can I steal it from you? He says, yes, as long as you give us credit. Now, he was ahead of me in seminary, and he produced this great study. So, men, I encourage you. But here we are, Luke 9, 23 and 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. He who saves his life shall lose it. He who loses his life for my sake shall find it. This has become a very important verse to me. This passage speaks to my heart because there are times that I'm not doing it. All right. Oh, I forgot. I got a clicker. Let's see how this works. Oh, there it is. All right. How many of you have ever seen the Gladiator? Okay, I had one church. All the men could recite the whole movie. I couldn't believe it. And so I'm going to ask you, have you seen it? Just begin at the beginning. Maximus and the Roman Legion are going to fight Germania. Germania says, I don't think so. You're not coming in. We are going to fight. And so as a horse comes in with a headless horseman, 
He looks, Maximus looks to his next in command, and he says something, and it goes all the way down. Not only does he say this, but he does something too. Does anybody remember what it is? Because it's pretty quiet in the very beginning. It's almost sneaky. And it's this, strength and honor. And it goes all the way down the line. Strength and honor. This is what is supposed to identify a Roman soldier. You can debate whether it was or not, but strength and honor. What is it for us in our own lives that says that we are a soldier of the cross? What is it that says this is the way to proceed? As you see on the screen there, there's two hearts. One heart is headed toward the cross. Another heart is leading away from the cross. Because the cross is central to our belief. Is your heart moving toward the cross? Let's see if I can do this. Okay, I can. If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny yourself. Deny yourself. What does that mean? Sometimes we say, well, it's like giving something up for Lent. But at the end of Lent, you can take it back. I didn't realize that. I, you know, I thought if you give it up for Lent, you give it up for the rest of your life. And then I find out, no, you can take it back after Lent. So, what is to deny yourself? Sometimes we all know what we should not do. And so, but we do it sometimes, but we are to deny ourselves of any of the sin that would lead us into further sin. But in denying yourself, there's something much more. And that is, what are you focused on? If you're saying no to self, you have to say yes to something. So what is your focus? Because if you are going on a diet, and you say, I'm going to deny myself of these foods, but all you think about is these foods, guess what? You go back. So you need to focus on something else. So this is a focus question. The focus is on Jesus. The focus is on him. To say yes to him. Now, I want you to know, just before these verses, is the feeding of the 5,000. And a large crowd is following him. And he makes this statement. Do you really? Are you really into it? In John 6, in the later part, it says, you must eat my body and drink my blood, or you can't have no part of me. Well, this is a hard statement, and many left. And Jesus asked his disciples, he turns to them, he says, are you wanting to go too? And Peter, in one of his better moments, who else do we go that has the words of life? 
See, we want easy Christianity. We really do. And I, I was meeting with a, one of my supporters of our ministry, and he says, you know, I feel guilty. I says, why do you feel guilty? He says, because I have an easy life. And he does, to a certain extent, easier than mine. But what he does, he supports so many organizations. Not just a penance. He supports them largely. He goes all in. He says, this money is not mine, it's yours. It's not mine, you spend it, you use it for the glory of the Lord. What are you saying yes to? Be honest and think about it. And I can tell you what you're saying yes to if you let me read your credit card statement. <laughs> In my credit card statement for a long time, not now, you knew what I was into. Oh, Bob went to the fly fishing store, bought another rod. Bob went to the fly fishing store and bought another reel. Oh, Bob went to the fly fishing store and he bought one of those packs so you can put your equipment in. Oh, Bob went to the fly fishing store and it all added up. He must have bought some flies. You can tell, right? What does your checking account say? It says who you are. Now, I'm not saying you can't go fly fishing, you can't do all these things. I'm just using it as an illustration of what's a priority. Is Jesus the priority of your life? And if we're honest, at moments in time, yes. But a lot of moments, it's no. So, to deny yourself is a focus question and a priority question. Where are your priorities? I'm getting confused with this thing here. Let's move to the bottom of the cross. When we look at the cross, we should be in awe. Sometimes we come into the sanctuary here, and we don't even see it. We only see the people that are up front. But he is the reason we're here. And this is what he did for us to be here. So, to deny yourself, pick up your cross, how often? Every day. And you know what? It sounds backbreaking. Because Jesus couldn't carry his cross all the way through, just backbreaking. I got a bad back. And you can see it as I stand in front of you. I'm trying to stand straight, but you all can see I'm leaning this way. But to pick it up daily, what does that mean? What does it really look like? It's an identific identification question. It says, I'm identifying with Jesus. The cross 
was never meant to be just jewelry. I'm watching the baseball players as they come up to bat, the Mariners. Jared Kellenick wears a big cross. I said, how did the dude run? Hit his face. <laughs> but a lot of us wore that cross. And the moment we put it on, I said, oh, okay. And then we forget about it. It's an identification. It says, I identify with the shame. I identify him as the one who took my sin. I am the one that's supposed to be on the cross. But he did it. He did it for you. He did it for me. Undeserved as it is. Oh, not only is it an identification question, it's a posture question. I don't know if you've ever seen people carrying the cross. I've seen this one guy, and they rode him up, and I think down in L.A., and he's walking across America with this cross. Only thing is, he had wheels to roll it. <laughs> if you don't have wheels to roll it, it's heavy. Jesus was just whipped. He was already massacred, basically. And he said, carry this cross. So he does so. It's a posture of humility. I am a proud person. It's hard for me to have a posture of humility. Somebody has to slap me in the face. You're dead wrong. Get it together. Humble yourself. And for some of us, pride. Pride. So, pick up your cross daily. In Philippians 2.5, it says this, Let this attitude be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself, taking up the cross. Let this mind, so it's an attitude as well. As we go around the cross, there's the strategy question. Follow me. It's a call to action. It's a call to obedience. People that come into my home, often I, I jest a lot. And, and people have said, man, you joke around a lot. Why? Because... I'm not obedient sometimes. I've shared this with others. But way back when I could still run and jump, I was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor at this Chinese church that was large. 
it was running about 800 to 1,000. It was in Glendale, California. So they called me. And so one of the first things they did, we, we did, they already had a retreat planned out. So I went there as the youth pastor. And they had a talent show night. And in that talent show night, they had some singing, they had some... But there were also skits. Skits where guys would come out like they're sexy and have balloons as, as breasts and, and make all sorts of whatever it is that you, you can think about that. So I was just about ready to stop that act. But they were done. So I said, let it go. The next act was even worse than the first. And I called them on the carpet. I said, is this what Jesus would want? Is this how we follow Jesus? So then I did, and I said, let the next act come on. <laughs> next act would not come on. Why? Because it was just like the other two. So I told them to go and pray. I'm here to talk with them. I turned to my wife. I've been on the job like two months. I turned to her. I said, I could have just lost the youth group. Because this is what they have done in the past. And now here comes this dude that turns it upside down. I was told later that that's the day, the night, that the youth group came together and we changed. Now this is a church of a thousand, the youth group, from junior high school through college career, makes up about 250 people. It's a church unto itself. It's the English-speaking congregation. Well, later in the retreat, I gave a little message, and I clearly, unmistakably, give an altar call. Give an altar call. God was telling me to give an altar call. In my disobedience, I didn't heed it. I didn't give the altar call. I sat down, I sat down next to my wife, and she leans over, you know you could have made an altar call. Oh, good grief. And then after the meeting, the high school director comes up to me and says, you know, Bob, an altar call would have been good there. Everybody else knew. I wanted to run and hide. I was disobedient. It's a call to obedience. And if you're like me, you know, you got that coloring book, you draw outside of the lines. You draw outside of the line in everything. Sometimes we just think we're the exception. I went to seminary with a guy. He, I was mad at him. And then he winds up to be a wonderful missionary, and, and what he did is he drove up really fast into the parking lot, parked in a handicapped 
parking lot and not straight, and he got out. I said, hey, dude. He said, it'll be okay. We all have that exception mentality. It's okay. I can do this. A call to action. Follow me. There's nothing else. Follow me. What does that mean? In Hebrews 12, it says this, keeping our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith. We are to keep our eyes on him. In the Gospel of John, Jesus tells the Pharisees this, I only do what the Father tells me to do, and I only do what I see my Father doing. That's what it means to follow, to follow Jesus. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations, thou, thou shalt not. It is focused on the fact that, hey, this is the way to go. So when I deny myself, I also say, I'm going to be obedient. Pick up your cross daily. Follow me. Oops, I don't want that one just yet. At the very top of the cross, which isn't there, and it says this, he who loses his life for my sake <coughs> shall find it. What does that mean? He who loses his life for my sake. I have to confess that in the beginning of our marriage, my wife loses her life for me. She takes second place. She follows me. She follows me everywhere I go. I lived up and down the West Coast. I've even lived in Texas. And then I lived in Montana. Now this is what I got in Montana. I'm a wannabe cowboy. But he who saves his life shall lose it. This is an execution question. This says that you are to die. In Braveheart, if you watch just the TBS version, you got the good version. But at the end of the movie, Braveheart is stretched out on a cross. It is no incident because Mel Gibson is a devout Catholic and he does things for Christ. Then he does some stupid things too. But that's what it sees. And so the executioner, actually the high priest says, if you, if you will confess, we'll make this fast and easy. 
but he doesn't. He starts to cough a little bit, and he wants to say something. And so the priest says, silence, he wants to say something. And at the top of his voice, he yells, freedom! He's going to be free. There's also a rallying cry. I want to be free, but I have to die. To self, I have to live for him. That's the execution question. I was talking to somebody in the gym. That's where I do a lot of my sharing of faith. And this one big dude, he actually helped us move into our place. I love the guy. And I told him a little bit of my, my, my story. One of them was about dogs and how I hated this one wiener dog. He was always barking. He was always grumpy. He was always whatever. So Al came from across the street because Al does a lot of work on our house. Uh, he's supposed to assist me, but it really is the reverse. I hand him the nails and he puts it in. He comes across, and here comes CJ, Columbo Jeremiah. What a name. CJ, a mini doxy. He comes running at the door, barking and barking, and he jumps up, and he's going to bite Al, even though he knows Al. I grab the dog just before he gets to him, and there's the door, and there's the stairs downstairs. I grabbed him, and I, I was going to throw him down the stairs. I didn't, because I said, my wife will kill me. <laughs> so I just grumped at him all day long. Get out of here. I don't want to have anything to do with you. He wants to come up to me. No, go away. My mother-in-law was living with us, and she says, Bob. Where's your Christianity? Well, I didn't kill him. <laughs> That's an execution. Am I willing to be executed? Am I really ready to die for the Lord? I would like to say yes. But sometimes I think I'm a fraud. And that if that happened, I'd run away. But that's what I'm called to. When 9-11 hit, my daughter calls from New York and says, Dad, if this ever happens again, uh, we should go to Montana. I said, well, why? So, well, I'll be there. Nobody wants to attack Montana. <laughs> then I had an answer, and I says, I can't. Why not? I have a church to pastor. I can't run away from this. I need to be sure they're okay. And he says, well, okay. An execution question. If, in fact, and I'll come back to the beginning now, a Roman citizen, uh, excuse me, a Roman warrior 
says strength and honor. What do we say is our model? Die to live. Die to yourself in order to live a life that you are called to. Die to deny yourself, to pick up your cross daily, to follow him. All of this requires die to self. Die so that you can live. Now, I told you that um, my wife and I, uh, we've been married almost 53 years, and she's followed me everywhere, up and down the West Coast, into Texas, and then into Montana, and back here. She followed me everywhere, and she did it with joy. And she did it to support me as I go into, went into ministry. And she has never begrudged it. Sometimes I begrudge it because I look at where we live, and it's, and it's really great. She's really happy. I'm happy. But there are times that I say, you know, I go to a friend's house, and oh. And I go home, and I say, I'm sorry, honey. She says, why? I says, I think I could have done better for you. She says, you have done better for me. You've laid down your life for me. And there are times I don't think I'm doing that. And she says, this is a great place. She died to self. For me, for the ministry, for Christ. What are you willing to die for? And the answer is, when you figure that out, live for that. I'm ready, I think. I'll tell you in a couple more weeks if I still am. I'm ready to die for Christ. And so for me to die is gain. But Christ is the one we're doing it for. So I will die for my wife. I will die for Christ. And that's who I live for. What are you living for? Whoever desires to follow me, you have to have that desire. That's just where the heart goes to the, toward the cross. But if you don't have that desire, there are times that are so cold in your life, you wonder even, even if you believe, and you're moving away from the cross. God is calling you to come back. Die to live. That's our motto. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, follow me. He who saves his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake shall find it. Father, I pray as uh, we uh, come to you, perhaps... 
we really do live for ourselves. We really don't live for you. And people can see that. Sometimes we are just, uh, it's just in word only. But you've called us to a plan. To deny ourselves, to pick up our cross daily, follow you. So you're calling us to move. To move and focused on you. And if there's anyone, Lord, that uh, feels like they're not moving towards you, I pray you would open their hearts. And if there's anyone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, may this be an understanding of what a Christian life may look like. And so I pray for them. I pray for this congregation. Thank you for the privilege in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.